Hello there. Hello, hello. Hey, uh, this again. (laughs) Everyone's going to be so disappointed. Or nostalgic. Maybe. Maybe they'll be like, oh, the good old days of COVID. Remember that? Oh, fun. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And we're so sorry it's this again. <laughs> we're so sorry. We know. You think it bothers you. We <laughs> This to us. Yeah. Ugh. Yes, it's not the best. Okay, the reason for this is it's not one of us isn't sick. No one's in the hospital. <laughs> COVID is still around, but that's not what this is about. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, that there has been uh, a, snow, a little bit of snow. A dusting of snow in Vancouver, <laughs> which is the apocalypse yes, to us. Yes, it caused a big problem yesterday. It caused a big right. problem. I, New, uh, yeah, winter mm. sneaks up on Vancouver every year. Mm. Just completely sneaks up on us. We don't expect it. We go through summer. We're like, yeah, this is great. They go through autumn. Ah, it's all right. And then winter comes up. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and yeah, and we of course we're ding dong. So we everyone everyone thinks like winter starts in November. So they're all like. Well, we made it through winter. It's past Christmas time, and you're like, still three months to go, people. <laughs> still three more months. Yeah. And uh, as someone yeah, who's. Yeah, we had New Year's, so spring must be on the, yes, on the way. That's right. That's right. And as someone who had a, you know, has a February birthday, you know, I often had my plans snowed out as a kid. You know, I would want to go with my friends to a movie, and, and then the day would come, and, you know, there'd be a couple of feet of snow on the ground, because in those days it actually snowed out, and. Uh, my parents were like, nope, I guess we'll stay home and watch The Sound of Music. I know, and that's too bad, because February is the best time to watch a movie. Great <laughs> movies coming out in February. Well, as a kid, you're not that concerned with the quality of the film. It's more the experience and, and the popcorn. Right. You know. But again, February has always been fantastic. For mo- great, great. That's when people release their biggest hits. Well, uh, the, the, the Oscar ones that they mm. want people to forget about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's... Uh, I mean, it might have been different then. I, I don't know. I don't know if marketing was different. I mean, I don't think Probably. they really thought in terms when I like when we like when I was a little kid. I don't know if they taught, thought in terms of like summer blockbusters and you know you put these movies out in time for the Oscar season. And I don't think it was as quite as um, planned as it is now. You know. Like, yeah, that's true. They did. Everyone got an Oscar back then. <laughs> if you did a movie, they just gave you an Oscar. It's not that everyone got an Oscar. It's just that. I just don't think that there was like quite the sense of like you know strategy. To, no one strategized these things. It was more kind of everything was. I always liked uh, Frank Zappa's uh, you know description of the music business in the '60s as you know this guy's going well, just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And that was their, that, yeah. that was their strategizing. Was there ever an interview with Frank Zappa where they said, "How are things going, Frank?" And he went, "Things are good." They're really good right now. This is a good time for any industry that I'd like to discuss now. I don't know. Nope. I'm I'm I'm, be- I'm betting not. I think yeah. I think he was he's more of a curmudgeon than he was a, a an optimist. You know. Yeah. You had yeah. to you had to go to a- to John Lennon for the for the optimistic interviews or full of full of you know big sunny predictions and things like that. You know? Yeah. He was a lovable grump. 
Zappa. Which is yeah, Zappa. Which is which mm. is uh, nice. You know, that's a good gig to get. Sure. To be the lovable grump. <laughs> yes. I yeah, guess. one you'll age into it well. Mm. There's never going to be a time where it's like you're too old to be a grump. <laughs> it's like never. And there's always something to grump about. Yeah. You know, so easy peasy. Just like so, you know, Andy Rooney uh, made some good scratch off that. <laughs> well, he did praise the uh, the the um, staple remover as the one of the greatest things ever invented so you know he did have sometimes he had room for for praise okay it wasn't all down like, yeah he probably liked liquid paper as well <laughs> and and that was it to be fair he's also yeah. a liquid paper fan yeah yeah and he went uh, just because it supported michael nesbitt's uh, artistic <laughs> career he's a huge nesbitt fan <laughs> i don't think he you know i don't think michael nesbitt actually got much of that money until in the 80s I was just I was, oh. I was reading about him recently. I don't know why, but I was reading about I think I was just looking on Wikipedia and I was reading and it said that he it was not till his mother's death in the eighties that he actually like got any of that that sweet, sweet cash. So, you know, basically he was uh you know, living you know, doing what he could as a musician through the seventies to and even when he started Pacific Arts, when he started like doing videos and stuff like that, it was pretty much his money he was throwing into it. Which right. it, you get some money. You get some money from a different drum, right? That did okay. Sure, sure. Um, but I, you and know, that was back okay. in the days when music made <laughs> some money. Yeah, when a hit could buy you a house is. Uh, yeah. Is um, Jim named Jim Valentine something or other? Jim Valance? Maybe Jim Valance. He used to write with Brian with Brian Adams. That's what he told told former friend of the show David M one time that a hit will buy you a house. To which David M replied, "What does four What does four hits get you a hotel?" <laughs> I, I think right now, this is something I've actually said multiple times with my wife, you need three TV shows to get a house in Vancouver now. <laughs> it was two. Yeah. It was two, and now sure. it's like, you need three. Yeah. yeah. And so, working, working on that. Working yeah. on that. I'm living in someone's second house right now. <laughs> but that was, from a, that was from a very different era. That was yeah. from about 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, when you, you know, you had, and he had two TV shows mm. and so he had two houses that made sense. Sure. And then the shows went away. And so I'm renting one of the houses. <laughs> um, and one of the yeah, houses was like a business write off, wasn't it? Right. It was, this was an editing studio once upon a time, Yeah. but also a financial investment because they were rebuilding this house used that I'm living in right now used to be much smaller. And it's interesting. Like if you go on Google earth, you can see what it used to look like. And there was like this weird van in the back that was like uh, full of boxes. So it was like a mystery full of other mysteries. And you can tell, don't open those boxes. Whatever you do, don't open those boxes. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, the house was trouble. There was, there were, pro this, mm, not good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and that's where I live now. Uh, okay. They rebuilt it and, uh, mm. and there you go. And they rebuilt yeah. it almost well. You just, Some haven't, things you just haven't found that door to the, uh, the sub-basement where they the women live i'm yeah we, i don't know if we've got a parasite situation going on but. <laughs> oh i was thinking more of a uh, barbarian but oh very nice i was okay, going with well, the barbarian i'm sure i'm sure all the listeners got it we're like oh dave you and, you and your barbarian references that's okay that's well and good I, i'm sorry i have not seen barbarian but i yeah. have seen parasite and you never and will. i think my and i think my reference is is also valid sure. when you're talking sure, basement yeah. folks. there's a person living in the basement yeah yeah. yeah, Oscar-winning film *Parasite*. *Barbarian* <laughs> did okay, though. Good for *Barbarian*. It's I had preferred *Barbarian* to *Parasite*, to be honest. Ah, I didn't know it was a contest, Hot but takes. I guess it is. Hot takes. All right, fine. You know, <laughs> stick stick that in your letterbox. Don't think it's a contest, but I just 
talking in terms of preferences, but I... Also, because we brought up the Academy Awards, yeah, mm. yes, it is a contest. <laughs> there, there you go. go. It is. It's been a, it's officially a, a contest. Yeah. 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 Did you watch the uh, Golden Globes, by the way? I did not. I did not. I don't mm. really... I'm not... To be honest with you, unless we're watching the Oscars at our our friends David and Allison's, I do not I do not watch award shows of any of any kind. I don't like any award shows. Yeah. So I mean, I I enjoy watching uh, I, it with friends, but um, I'm just it's not something I do or have ever done in my life, whole life, basically. So uh, yeah. I just I like it for one because people do comedy skits mm. off the top, so I like sure. to see a nice comedy skit. That's fine. Uh, and and then like when it comes oh. to the actual awards, Sorry, don't I'm... care. Yeah, yeah. What's it? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just moved my mic stand and made a ginormous noise. I apologize. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. Okay, good. Good. I'm sure everyone knows. <laughs> what the hell was that? Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you enjoyed the skits. I think I, I I like the skits and yeah. I don't care about the awards. Mm. But what I do like sometimes is going. Oh, I don't know about that movie. That looks interesting. I'll go see yeah. that. That's yeah. what I like award shows and mm. the arts about. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's showing me something I don't know. And it was interesting seeing a comedian uh, tank it off the top <laughs> as well. I, and that I did, was I did read about that in the paper. Yeah, that's a lot of goodwill to uh, to uh, mess up. Mm. Well, it's, it's I know people were saying it's a hard gig. It's a tough crowd. Yeah, and it's like yeah but it's also hard to really mess up like it's really really hard it's like because like, it's, everyone's it's what you're eating dinner milk. isn't it yeah it's dinner with drinks it's basically like it's basically like you're doing like really high-end cat skills entertainment yeah yeah you just do you just do kind of you know mild ribbing or if you want to be <laughs> ricky gervais play that you're the bad boy but it was yeah. weird it yeah. came out and he didn't have a take at all. Like it was very vague. So, so your name, the name, kind of uh, got uh, disappeared there in the ether. Okay, uh, I was saying when Ricky Gervais did it. Okay, he decided to just tear apart uh, the celebrities and be a bad boy. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, eh, okay, fine. Everyone, fine. everyone expects it. So, yeah, you know what? You don't expect though. It's like you know. Hey, this is going to be a brutal roast. <laughs> I was like, okay. those only work when people know they're coming. Yes, you yeah. know. And I guess maybe, so if, and maybe they thought that that's his thing, so they were going to get. There's going to be some amount of of mild, and I think it also it 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 escalated over time, right? Like his first appearance couldn't have possibly been like his last appearance, you know. Mm-hmm. So his first time, it's a mild to to serious ribbing. The second time, it's a little bit escalated, and by the time you get to like his fourth or whatever, you know, it's just full on uh, people's plastic surgeries melting in the room. You know, so I think I think that's probably why he's not there this year. There's, right, there's and, a full on physical assault under- was the next level. Well, he and he won for best comedy special, uh, uh, and didn't and wasn't there for that, and that was all fun. Like we hmm. talked last week about, uh, I think uh, Dave Chappelle. And yes. how, yeah. you know, he, again, is one of the, you know, I'm naughty, look at me, I'm going to say <laughs> the things you don't want me to say. Yeah. But we talked about how that's actually saying the things people expect you to say. Mm. You're being manipulated to say those things because you've got to. Yeah. And I feel that with Ricky Gervais as well. We're like, I'm a bad little boy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but everyone expects that shit. So you're going to give them that shit. So you're doing exactly what people expect of you. So that's not a bad little boy at all. Mm. That's exactly... You're playing by every rule that's laid out for you, so mm-hmm. don't pretend that you're the rebel uh, on that. It's uh, it's silly, but you know, go ahead there. Yeah, well, yeah. 
it's very safe what you're doing and you're pretending like it's dangerous and it's like it is in no way dangerous you know but go for it well, but yeah joey yeah. cole joe coy came out with no real take mm. and then started to get a little mean in like a little condescending uh which is even worse than mean uh a little bit into it and then people turned on him and that was the end of that and then he turned on his writers oh, dear. and it was like every last bit of goodwill is now out the window for you uh and uh, that was it yeah and he could not get his footing on the ice he'll never and just kept sliding around bruce valanche will never talk to him again mm. so yeah that seems i mean the i mean partly with the other thing with with ricky gervais is like you know, he has like some some work behind him. He's done The Office, which is you know obviously a very popular you know maybe even like format changing uh, sure. television show. He's done Extras, which I think is a very uh, well ends very well anyway. Um, yep. I think uh, I'm less fond of of um, the other you know his later stuff, but it's Derek fun. and uh, something like uh, life's uh, life's annoying or something <laughs> like that. Uh, life. Ended or whatever, because, you know, it's about, yeah. Is it? Yeah. But it's why it's death. But it's, um yeah, it's, uh you know, he does have some, like, a body work behind him. I, to be honest with you, I've never heard of Joe Coy. I mean, he might be a popular stand-up comedian, but I just I just do not know him at all. So I'm looking at the the articles and stuff, and I'm just like, okay, I don't know. How did this guy even get this gig? Like, besides saying yes uh, to it, I guess everyone else said no. And because people, here's why: because they had controversy over being way too white a show. Oh, okay, that was thing thing one. Uh-huh. So very few people wanted to host it again because it's not a great show to host. You yeah. don't, yeah. you don't get a lot out of that. Yes. Uh, and so fun. they, and so they went with someone uh, who's incredibly popular, like. He'll sell out, you know, stadiums. He's very popular mm. to the material and the audience that he is for. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, and and there you go. And yeah. it's so it made sense uh, for him to host it, but also would have made sense for him to have a take off the top. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, or the awards are bullshit. One of those two is fine. Yeah. But you can't come out and go, I've always wanted to do this. I'm so excited, but uh, I didn't know any of the movies. So I watched them. And my take on that is Barbie was a movie about a doll with big boobs. Oh, that was the wrong take to have here. That's the opposite of what the movie was. We all love the movie and I'm a stranger. Oh, fuck me. My writers suck. I wrote jokes you laughed at. Another writer wrote that. Someone else wrote that. Boo! Why are you booing me? You should boo my shitty writers. Other people that are getting paid less than me. Why are you mad at me for that? Is this a bad thing to do? Oh, the ice under my feet! Yeah, the end. So he was actually on stage calling out his writers? Yes! He said his his joke on it was... Joke. His thing on it was, you know, uh, I wrote the jokes that you're laughing at. Mm. I didn't write all of these. And also said that they only had ten days to write them. And it's like, first of all, you're going, that's, that's 10 lots, days? That's lots of time. That's a lot of time. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Have you ever seen a show called Saturday Night Live? <laughs> they do that in a week. I mean, 10 days. But not even a Fuck week. Me. They don't even do it in a to week. Help, they do it in like three to days. Write how much material? 15 minutes? Yeah. In, in 10 goddamn days? <laughs> write a minute a day. What are you talking about? Yeah, it, it made no sense on any level except, you know, you don't want to see the boss going, mm. it ain't me, old boy, you know, who's really pulling uh, Colonel Clink and like, it was the other people, get them. Yeah, no good. I wrote nothing, nothing. 
That's more Schultz line, but I agree I, with you. I, I know, I know. I, I, yeah, knew I, was, I, I knew I was skating on thin ice there. I was like, my, I was like my, Joe Coy. My real thing, I think, is he's a comedian that's used to not bombing anymore. He hasn't bombed in mm. a very long time. Yeah. He, his audience loves him. He goes out, gets a standing ovation when he walks on stage, does a bunch of material. People love it. Gets a standing ovation at the end, collects a big fat garbage bag full of, you know, fifties uh, and then like leaves. And it's like, that's fantastic. Okay. You're going to do this TV show. Well, that all works out great for me. And then goes out and like, like, Oh, I'm, and he's lost the practice of like, what do you do when you're tanking? Thing number one, you don't do sell out somebody else. <laughs> that's not what you do. Yeah. You don't sell out, you know, the people that are working with you at all. Gonna, oh, it's too bad. Not going to make you any friends for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I just just read about it. That's as much as I cared. That's as much as I cared yeah. about it. Oh, look, in fair, the cross of problems, person. Yeah, and it's fine. He's now, and here's the thing. He's now become the underdog, which is what you want to be as a stand-up comedian, right? So he's sure. going to go on stage for his next show, mm. and people are going to know about this. He'll address it. Yeah. He'll look like a great sport. Uh, people will go, yeah, he, and he'll tell a couple of jokes, and they'll be good because yeah. they're his jokes. And he'll be funny again. People are like, good for him. And he'll he'll be fine. It'll all be fine, but he won't host anything for a while. <laughs> and if he does, yeah. again, he's the underdog. No one expects shit from. Hmm. So he's still fine. Everything's good. He's, uh, he's all right. And he got to keep the money. They don't take the money away from you because you didn't do well. Yeah. So you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess he learned his lesson, which is you can't criticize Taylor Swift because she'll frown and a legion, <laughs> a legion of fans will you know, murder you online so uh yeah and it wasn't it wasn't at all a mean joke about her it's just by that point people had just gone just just get lost <laughs> get lost speaking of uh i'm just gonna go off this a little bit but speaking of taylor Swift, no no this is that's as far as that's run <laughs> i was and reading... by the way i didn't come up with this topic my wife came up with this topic for me. <laughs> okay so if you don't like it <laughs> well no comment i um Sorry. I'll write write about it later on X, formerly Twitter. Um, Please do. Yeah, no problem. So I was reading an article in the paper this morning, and it was, um, well, I guess it was yesterday's paper, but I was reading it this morning. And because uh, the paper comes after I leave the house, it's very convenient. Well, how do I know you weren't kidnapped then? <laughs> I need to see you holding today's paper like we always do. So, sorry. Um, so then uh, there was an article in the paper. It was basically... So, you know that film Argyle that's coming out, I guess, next year? Yes. The new Matthew yeah. Vaughn film. Looks kind of fun. Yeah. I saw the trailer for it, and I thought, oh, that looks like a fun movie. Yeah, that seems to be telling me the whole plot, but it also seems to be a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of twists and turns. I Thanks. didn't watch the whole plot. I didn't watch the whole trailer, because I was getting the same vibe you were there. It's just, oh, this is really giving away a lot, so enough of that. <laughs> kind of the same with The Fall Guy, with, with uh, Ryan Gosling, which also looks fun, but the plot, the movie is basically telling you the movie, and you're just kind of like, uh, this is a little much, isn't it? I don't need to know everything, but um, so so this movie is coming out soonish, uh, and and as part of the fun of it, um, if people don't know, the idea of this the movie is that um, now her name has jumped out of my head. Uh, <laughs> as always, all names jump out of my head. I, you know, I'm really bad at remembering things these days. I cannot remember names. It's uh, I'm I'm uh, afraid. Are you looking memory. for the actor's name? Well, yes, the Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce uh, Dallas Bryce, Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. So she plays a, a, myst a mystery writer or a writer who writes sort of spy novels in the movie. And so, yeah. as a as a tie-in, the studio uh, or the production company, you know, hired someone to ghostwrite 
a novel in the name of the character of the movie and called Argyle, and it will be coming out in, in when the movie comes out. But because the so Swifties, being a sensible group of people, have uh, you know because um, Taylor Swift has a couple of Scottish folds, the the type of cat. It's also featured in the film because Matthew Vaughn, the director of the movie, and his wife, they also have a, a Scottish fold. And so they included that in the film. But uh, I guess Swift, Taylor Swift has also used the, it, it, you know, Scottish fold images in her work. So fans have become convinced that the writer of this novel is Taylor Swift. And, uh, and she also wrote the movie. And so there, this is big, uh, you know, kind of conspiracy theory floating around through, through, uh, the Swift verse that, or Swifty verse that, um, <laughs> that she is the author of, of this book. And, uh, and of course, the production company is like, well, you think so? <laughs> we don't know who could have written it. It might have been Taylor Swift, if you think it was. Why not pick up the book and see if you can find any clues? Because, yeah, it's just too good too good a, uh, publicity to, to deny. So, sure. yeah, whatever the, you know, whoever the unnamed schlub was who, you know, was, was uh, given this job of writing it. And according to the article I was reading about it, um, it's a British writer because it's full of Britishism, but it's sort of the turns of phrase and things that we don't use in North America that are more common. But uh, that's not going to stop the Swifties from continue, <laughs> continuing their campaign based around the similarity to it to the cat. I guess in the trailer, there's a cat in a in a backpack, and I think that's a similar image was used in a Taylor Swift video or something. And I, I really don't. it's all very confusing. I was all, I was equally confused by the fact that. There was, you know, they do like those director to director with director kind of interviews. So yeah. they'll, they'll kind of pair up uh, directors. And one of them was well-known director, whose name I can't remember now. That, I just don't remember who it was. It's not that I can't remember his name. I just don't remember who the director was. And Taylor Swift. And I was like, Taylor Swift's a director? <laughs> Why? Why is she suddenly getting to... But I guess, you know, any publicity is good publicity. And I, I, I did this reading. She, uh, she uh, wrote and directed a short film. So I guess... I guess that's elevated her from mere pop singer to director. She's, despite the fact that there's all these directors have like, you know, made films for years and years and never been invited to this thing. And now, you know, but she's just like one, one short. She's there. It's like that. Fair. Well, the, I mean, the cat thing is a pretty obvious clue because the cat then is point turns in the trailer and goes, <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. Ow. And says that. And it's like, well, that's probably a Taylor Swift line. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. That's the only Taylor Swift song I can think off the off the top of my head. Okay, well, I'm do, sorry. do something with "Shake It Off." Oh, "Shake It Off." Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you see, at some point, the cat gets wet and then just shakes it off. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obvious. Swift, yeah. Swifties around the world are are uh, bur- burning their keyboards or, or key- keypads. Here's on one the of the here's one of the things I like uh, about Argyle. Uh, when I was watching the trailer, okay, was I was like I saw like Catherine O'Hara's in it, and mm. I love Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, she's great, and I was like she's playing uh, her character is Ellie's mother. <laughs> yes, of course, and and I love that in 2024 she's still playing the mother, <laughs> like she's played the mother in uh, in in from Home Alone yep. on. Yep, like she was the mom in Home Alone, Home Alone Two as well. Yep. She was the mom in Beetlejuice. Yep. She's the mom in Shit's Creek. Yeah, you know she. That's a long career of playing the mom. Yeah, that's many decades of mom. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes, lots of mom. Pretty good. And actually, sorry, Beetlejuice was first. Beetlejuice was the first mommy. Yeah, yeah. yeah before then, her her only other film I think was like After Hours. 
where she's not a mom. She's not a mom. She's a psychotic ice cream uh, vendor. Yeah, she's okay. She goes after. <laughs> oh, she's in rock and roll. That's it. Uh, she's uh, she does after hours. Then she does heartburn. Okay, there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, and then into Street, Beetle. Yeah. yeah, then Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, Home Alone. She is. Uh, she is the mom. Yeah, and uh, and has a nice career. Yeah, after she- that. She mentions that there was some sort of lull in SCTV's production, and so she moved down to New York City just to see if she could get work in films, and was mm. living there, and that's how she got After Hours. And I, oh, cool. Was she was she working on Saturday Night Live for that one week that she worked on that? Uh, no, no. This is before and, before Saturday Night Live. This is so. This was still early in early on in SCTV. Time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that yeah, because the After Hours was eighty five. Yeah. That's so, great. So yeah, that, that I know would she still would have been on NBC at that point. Yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, she did like one week of Saturday Night Live and just went no, and then like slowly all... backed out of the building. Only one? I think so. I think it was oh. like very close to that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember very short time. Remember a really disastrous sketch that was like the last sketch of the night, and it was kind of a sketch with a bit of a dark ending, and it just just sort of the wrong the wrong end of a show sketch, and it was probably just a case of timing. Where sketches were getting cut because of time, and then this was a la- this was the one that was left, and so let's go, let's do it, and then it kind of ended with her kind of slumping against the wall and sinking to the floor, and that's the end of the sketch. And then it's like, good night, everybody. <laughs> okay, woo, weird. And I mean, the audience was like equally confused. Like, I did not get any kind of response in the, in the uh, during the show. And I remember thinking to myself, that's okay. Awkward. Here's the thing. Um, let me see. When was season six of Saturday Night Live? I've just got to see what year that was. Nineteen eighty. Okay, she was on. She worked on the show on nineteen in nineteen eighty. On Saturday Night Live. Uh, yes. But was she on it later now, on then? Oh, okay. Yes, but she hosted uh, twice. She okay. hosted in nineteen ninety one and she hosted in nineteen ninety two. Oh, maybe that's what I saw. She then. hosted, but she was a cast member. Now here's. I'm gonna give you five guesses. Yeah. Five guesses at how long she lasted, and you're going to not get the right answer probably, okay. but you should okay. within five guesses. And okay. I will just say uh, less or more. Okay. Okay. All right. So give me uh, any time period you think she was working on the show for. She was on for three shows. Less. Less. She was on for less. She was on for one show. Less. Well, she she was working, technically, she worked on one show, but how long did she work? Oh, how long did she work on the show? Actually worked. Yeah, technically, in in terms of time, time. how long did she work? Oh, okay, so she she was on the show for a month? Less. She was on the show for two weeks? Less. You're going to get, you're not going to get it. Go as low as you can go. And go, and no, wait, wait, before you guess that, wrong, lower. (laughs) So and again, you're so, now thinking, you're now, no, you're still too big. Still too, Whatever so, you're thinking. Now listen, stop for a second. So yeah. I want to save you on this and yeah. make, give you a chance of winning. Is this? Less than that. Less than that. Can I ask? Much less than that. Can I ask you a question? Did, yes. Can I ask you a question? Did, was it less or more time than I spent working at that telephone place, phone call center? That is a tough, that is a tough one. <laughs> That is a tough okay, one. A tough I'm one. going to, uh, but it, okay, yeah. go ahead. You tell me the time. You your final guess. Okay, my final guess. Uh, I don't know. She, she was on the show. She worked for four hours. <laughs> Sorry, too big. She worked on the show <laughs> for an hour. All right, one hour as a cast member. <sighs> she fought. She yeah. got to a fight then with Michael O'Donoghue. Yes, he's... and she left. Yeah, and she was replaced with another. Um, 
Second City member. Okay. Who replaced her on the show? Came in and replaced her after she lasted an hour. That's obvious. And then went, it's, it's obvious. Bill Murray. The answer was Robin Duke. Oh, Robin Duke, who later was yeah. on SCTV as well. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So she was on the, Robin Duke was on the show twice then? Because she was on with Tony Rosado and Robin Duke went no, to this was season. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was season six. This was like 1980, uh, 1980. Oh, okay. Oh, that's weird. So, okay, so Catherine O'Hara wasn't on SCTV then for that year. She wasn't I on. I guess not. Because Robin Duke replaced her. Basically, yeah. Robin Duke and Tony Rosado came in when John Candy and, and Catherine O'Hara left. Yeah, I'm just looking at the story here. Yeah, it was during the Dick Ebersol years, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, again, there's a weird story I've told you before where a guy I worked with on Big Sound was the guy who cast Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And uh, he dined out on that story pretty good. <laughs> sure. uh, there was who one wouldn't? person who knew Michael Stipe and one person who cast Eddie Murphy. And a day did not go by where you did not hear a reference <laughs> casually to that on both of their things. You know, you know uh, when I was talking to Michael Stipe, yeah, we fucking know. We know. You don't have to say his full name like it's Charlie Brown. He looks like Charlie Brown, but you don't need to say it like it's Charlie Brown. But yeah, she went in, she uh, fought with Michael O'Donoghue, went goodbye, backed out of the building, the end, and they gave a call to Robin Duke, and then she came on and did Doug and Wendy Weiner with uh, Joe Piscopo, and uh, that was it. Yeah, Michael O'Donoghue is one of those comedians that um, people of a certain age really like, kind of extol. And the, but then when you like hear about him, you're kind of like, he sounds like a terrible asshole. Yuck. Well, he's got the problem that most rebels, with the exception of uh, Frank Zappa, uh, have, <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. at the time yeah. they're they're uh, going against the establishment, so they're you know you're like rooting for them. Yeah. But then. Looking back from the future, uh, you look back and go, they were the establishment. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, even later, like he wrote the movie Scrooge, and I'm not a fan of that movie at all. To be honest. Okay. Not a, don't think much of it. I don't. I, although he did write one of my favorite uh, National Lampoon's things, which was The Wit and Wisdom of Winston Churchill, which I think is just a classic. And I remember reading it in. And W.H. Smith, or Wiss Smith, as it was called, um, uh, as a kid, just, you know, by waiting for my mom to shop, I would go into the bookstore and, and look at books. And I was reading this book of Harvard uh, National Lampoon uh, store articles and stuff. And so, you know, having grown up, when I did, a lot of people had, like, famous quotes of people in their house. I don't know why. Like, my grandpa had those, like, besides his, okay. besides his book, The Wit and Wisdom of Pierre Trudeau, which was totally empty, you know, it was all blank pages. Um, yes. He also had like an actual book of quotes and you could read, you know, funny quotes from Oscar Wilde and, and other people. And, and Winston Churchill was in there as well. You know, so he had some f famous witticisms, you know, the, you know, the thing of the, you know, uh, sir, you're drunk, madam, I, in the morning I'll be sober and you'll still be ugly. Well, you know, those sort of things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this, uh, this sort this one by Michael Donahue was um, the wit wis wisdom of Winston Churchill. And it was sort of those things like that, like, sir, you're drunk. And there's just like, fuck off you old cunt <laughs> stuff like that like you know it's just like but as a teenage boy you're just reading this and of course you you just don't you your swear words are all very uh surreptitiously uh, enjoyed you know so you're just reading this like uh, in your face in a book you know just one after another just out and out uh you know obscenities uh from the wit and wisdom of winston churchill it, just, it did kill me but uh, yeah, most of his stuff kind of let me left me dry. I did, more of as a person, he left me dry. I mean, I imagine there's things I enjoyed by him in, in National Lampoon and and Saturday Night Live without without knowing it, of course. But 
just as a character, as a as a human being, he's left something to be desired. He was the I first think. sketch on Saturday Night Live, right? Him and Belushi. Is that right? I think. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Uh. I think like uh, yeah, it's the something is full of eels or something. Yeah, there mm. was something where he's tr- it's some translating. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah, the show's done well, so who am I to judge? <laughs> That's right. Still, right. Still it's coming on. up on its fiftieth year, yeah. wh- and you know, I'm some... coming up on my fifty seventh. So <laughs> I have, you know, I we have both some notes. Have... I have some notes for the show. Yeah, he did. I, okay. I was looking back on seeing any other movies of maybe uh, that I uh, known of, yeah. and there was one that I completely forgotten about. Yeah, which was uh, Tarzoon: Shame of the Jungle. <laughs> that is a Michael O'Donoghue one. Oh yeah, what? and that's a that's a, an animated thing. Mm. Uh, it's a French Belgian film, huh. uh, and, uh, and and yeah, it's a uh, you know you you start reading the plot and just go. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it puts the cat had done well, mm-hmm. and then they did this, and I do remember I seeing the poster for it mm. in the theaters when I was a kid. I do remember that and going like, "Oh, this looks good." Like I said, for every freaking porno movie that I didn't know was a porno <laughs> movie, trying to convince my mother to get me to see. Uh, can I do it until I need glasses? Yeah. When it came out of Jungle Book, let's see this one now. We're not going to. Oh, but mother, it's Robin Williams' first appearance. <laughs> it's uncredited, though, mother. Who am I speaking of? Why am I speaking like this? I don't know why, mother. Because you're wearing a little straw hat and carrying a giant lollipop. Yes, mother, and I'm from the future for some reason. <laughs> um, um, I was going to. Oh, is this going to say? Uh, I wonder if that um, movie Tarzan is produced by Bell Vision Lebonx animation studio that also made Pinocchio in space, which I believe also was a 70s film. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it was distributed by 20th Century Fox in France, Yeah, uh, and it was produced by Boris uh, Sulingzer. He has two Zs in his name. (laughs) Two. Yeah, you have to make a longer pronunciation of the Zs. Yeah, but it's a French-Belgian film, uh, and it stars... uh, Okay. Uh, Oh, my God. Okay. So it stars Brian Doyle Murray... Okay. Christopher Guest, okay. Bill Murray, yeah. John Belushi, yeah. and Johnny Weissmuller Jr. <laughs> so basically, the 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 uh, National Lampoon radio cast. So it must have been a, it must have been yeah. a, a National Lampoon thing, and that makes me wonder if um, Michael Donahue he did, but it sounds it has the same oops it has the same uh, aesthetic as Board of the Rings, the their Lord of the, the Harvard Lampoon's sure. Lord of the Rings parody, which was a super huge seller. In, but of course, do you know the cartoonist Picha, P-I-C-H-A, the uh, Belgian cartoonist? Does not ring a bell. Yeah, he was a famous Belgian cartoonist, apparently. And, and so he did this comic strip that was Tarzoon. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, it got picked up by National Lampoon. And then, yes, you're right. That's how it all got mm. made. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because if you listen to like the old uh, National Lampoon Radio Hour like records, like Lemmings and stuff like that, that, that's basically the cast right there. You know, Bill Murray with Brian Doyle. Oh, really good. Oh, that's interesting. Brian Doyle Murray did not have a face for television, nor did Michael O'Donoghue, who I think secretly harbored dreams of being a performer, but was not a charismatic enough to carry that dream <laughs> much farther than the brief appearances he made in early Saturday Night Live. And what? Uh, and of course, Brian. Uh, sorry, Bill Murray was you know on the National Lampoon radio show yeah. hours. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what uh, what Murray. superhero did Bill Murray uh, portray on radio as well? Oh, oh man. Bill Murray? Yeah. It wasn't, uh, oh, I, okay, I don't know. 
I feel like I should. It was know a Marvel. I'm gonna go a Marvel character for you. I'll let you know. Oh, that so it was much. A, it was a legit, legit superhero. Legit superhero. Oh, cool. one of their most. I was gonna say, so uh, like probably Spider-Man then. I uh, know he was the Human Torch. Oh, okay. It was a it was the 1975 radio show, mm. and yeah, he was uh, he got the job of the voice of the the Human Torch. He was 25 years old. Yeah, and it ran uh, 13 episodes and pretty accurately uh, the, drew from the um, first bunch of issues of uh, uh, the Fantastic Four comic. Huh. Not too bad. It didn't go longer. Yeah, I was thinking it was more like a parody, like. Like what was it? Was it that one when we were teenagers? There was like a syndicated superhero thing. It was kind of like a Duckman. It wasn't Duckman, but it was like something Man. But I can't remember. I can't remember what it was now. Okay. But it was on like it was syndicated to radio stations around North America, and like so you could hear it like in the evening on Sea Fox or whatever. And it was a parody. It was a parody of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. And okay. But I and I seemed to seem to me in, in my mind it had like a it had like a bird thing to it, but like. Uh, honestly, it's so many years ago, and I wasn't like a regular. I wasn't a fanatical listener. It wasn't Chicken Man. It might have been Chicken Man. It might have been Chicken Man. That sounds familiar. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, were they about two minutes long? Yeah, yeah, they're just like short, short little bits. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. a that's very very possible. You looked it up. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I just looked up. You said you said uh, you know birds. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was inspired by the Batman uh, show. Okay. And I'm trying to see if there was anyone on it that uh, would have recognized. But yeah, it got syndicated. It was around. They did yeah. uh, 1,500 uh, episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was around for a while, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was one to two minutes long. Mm. Yeah. Yep, of its yeah, time. he was uh, bent. Uh, so Chicken Man's deal was he was bent in a harbor, a shoe salesman at a large downtown Midland City department store. He spends this weekend uh, striking uh, terror into the hearts of criminals as that fantastic foul Chicken Man, or at least that's what he tells everyone. In reality, he mostly hangs around with the police commissioner and uh, irritates him and his secretary, Miss uh, Helfinger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. You're, you've gone beyond, beyond my memory of what it was. <laughs> then they did a couple of special so special uh, episodes where it was Chicken Man versus the Earth Polluters, and that became an LP. And then there was Chicken Man Returns, and then they updated the radio show uh, for Chicken Man Returns for the last time in '77. Uh, huh. Well, now I, my my. Uh... Curiosity has been sated. Okay, good. I'm think glad. about that again. <laughs> it seemed it seemed in line with with what uh, what National Lampoon was doing at the time, which was to also create a syndicate played on radio for that. Here's my question: uh, Does that still exist, National Lampoon? Uh, well, as a holding company that uh, has mm-hmm. has valuable <laughs> has, can put its name to things like what was that one with um, Ryan Reynolds? That was a National Lampoon, right? National Lampoon. The one where he plays oh Van Wilder Van Wilder yeah so you know like it still exists as a as a valuable you know above the title sort of thing but I don't, as a magazine it's long long gone it was it was owned by I guess when when the Harvard guys left the, the Harvard Lampoon because they you know were forced to graduate from university uh, you know they left Harvard and had to go into the real world they basically like all of them sort of just took their what they were doing at Harvard and they and and they. I guess they sold the idea of it to this person with money, and I can't remember his name now. Matty something, uh, Matty Simmons, I think. And basically, he kind of bankrolled the magazine, and and then you know when it started to, uh, I guess with John Hughes doing the the vacation movies, and and then of course uh, 
Animal House and stuff like that from uh, Doug Kenny. That all, and then Caddyshack as well. That that you know that that was where the real money was, and I think the magazine kind of started to wind, wind down. It did, but I mean, it still had like it still went on for quite a while because like uh, P.J. O'Rourke wrote for the later years. Oh, there was a big apparently there's a big Ponzi scheme in the company. Oh, is that and, right? Uh, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the guy who was running it, the CEO. Uh, ended up uh, getting sentenced to prison for Ooh. 50 years. 50? Uh, Five zero? Da- yeah, Daniel uh, Lakin. Okay, that's a different guy than the, orig- like the original guy who, who bankrolled yeah. it was named Maddie Simmons, I believe. This was in 2008. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, prosecutors uh, yeah. uh, filed charges against him and uh, off he went to uh, prison. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... 50 years? Whoa! <laughs> you have... know what? Kill a couple of people on the way out. What's it matter? <laughs> right? Like, just start stabbing on your way out. Like, okay, fine. Um, Holy cow. I think the magazine, I'm not, shouldn't say, I think, I know the magazine was long defunct by that. I think that, uh, wasn't Heavy Metal also part of National Empire, part of their, their empire of magazines? That, that's a fine question, and one that uh, I don't know how to look up. Me neither. It doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm speculating, conversing, you know, we don't have to know everything we talk about. It's just, you know... Life I'm trying to remember what the, the movie was that that had like a an Alfred E. Newman in a military uh, helmet, and it was like it was like on a campus. Oh, and I yes, feel like it, it was, was a National Lampoon thing. No, it was wasn't. Well, that, but it, it couldn't have been because it was Mad Magazine. Yeah, it was a Mad Magazine thing, and I that's right. And I can't remember. I do remember that. I don't remember seeing it because I don't think I did see it because it just looked like a, a mess. But uh, I can't. I mean, I guess you can just put Mad Magazine movie. <laughs> I guess so. They tell you, up the, up the Academy. Newman. Up the Academy. Then. Oh, was it? No, I don't know. Just... No, that sounds right. It does sound kind of like I it, right? I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds... Yeah, this sounds like it may... Yeah, let me take a look. There it is. You're absolutely right. It's up the Academy. Oh, what a... I can't remember... I couldn't remember Forrest Whitaker's name for five hours of work uh, two days ago. Now, But now I... Uh... Up the Academy pops yeah. into my head. My God. The full name of it is Mad Magazine Presents Up the Academy. Mm. But yeah, mm. it wasn't National Lampoon connected. Uh, but yeah, starring Ralph Macchio huh. and uh, Tom Poston and Barbara Bach <laughs> and some other people. Oh, and it was, okay, it was directed by uh, the father of a famous actor nowadays. Oh, it wasn't Robert Downey. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, who would hire him? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it came out. I want to say 1980. Was that right? Yeah, it was 1980. No wonder it was like a schmozzle. Yeah, holy shit! Not that I think he's a bad director, but he just directed very small movies. You know, like Putney Swope and that one about one about the dogs. We were talking about that. Oh, I know. I was talking about a Listening Party. Actually, he directed a movie where actors play dogs uh, in the pound. Um, can't remember the name of that one now, but yeah, I mean, he just made kind of very small, quirky films. So why you would hand him like a you know an attempt at a, a franchise creating, you know, crazy comedy to, uh, you know, I guess, besides, I guess they went, Oh, he's crazy. Let's get this crazy guy to make them do the direction. That what could go wrong? Oh man. And here's what I know about that statue is, uh, the movie tanked. The movie did very, oh, yeah. very badly. <laughs> it's not good. Surprisingly badly. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that, uh, it was after I started work, like, I th- when I was working for Mad Magazine during the uh, second run of the book, and uh, we destroyed it. We took it down. They said it couldn't be taken down. I went, oh, yeah? And they went, yeah, this crappy movie didn't take it down, so nothing will. Well, we'll see about that. And after 20 issues with me and my wife, yeah. boom, done. 
Uh, wow. But in the office, it well, is congratulations. when you first walked in. They, oh, you're welcome. You know. uh, when the when it, when you first walked in, the statue from the movie is there. Oh really? So, you know, be like <laughs> kept the statue. Yeah. What an odd thing to re- want to like, memorialize. Well, you know, there you go. Uh, here's my uh, because I'm Johnny trivia. I'm just gonna, and, I'm just know, gonna run away. I'm just gonna run away for a second. I um, sure. I brought a root beer out, but it actually requires a bottle opener. Anyway. At some point, I'm. I, at some point, I may go get my own root beer, which also requires a bottle opener. Uh, but I'm fine for right now. Um, uh, one follow up on Up the Academy. Yes. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was in that as well. Oh, okay. Yep. I wonder if that was his first appearance. And here's uh, here's my silly trivia about Robert Downey uh, Sr., who was at the time just Robert Downey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his, his original name was uh, Robert uh, Elias Jr. Uh, and so my question to you is, what did he want to do that made him change his name? And it wasn't uh, showbiz. It wasn't showbiz. Nope. Um, Robert Elias. What he wanted to do wasn't showbiz. It wasn't showbiz at it's, all. Yeah, it's kind of related to the movie we were just talking about. Uh, he wanted to... I don't know. what did he, I can't think. He wanted to join the army. Okay. But he yeah. was underage. Ah. So he changed his name. And then he joined the army. And apparently uh, he spent much of his military career yeah. in the stockade. <laughs> so, you know, mm. join the army. See the stockade, as they say. Ah. Well, this this kind of sound like him, like his personality. He was a real he was a real um, anti anti authoritarian, you know, kind of a real contrarian uh, individual. He's a real individual. I'll put that. I'll say I, that I, I know so little about him. Mm. I know next to nothing. I'm yeah. happy to hear anything that you. Yeah, I mean, I've watched I've watched Putney Swope, which is a movie he directed. It's kind of a parody of of advertising, the advertising. And then, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen on YouTube. I watched. Most of the movie, it's like that takes place in a pound, uh, and that was just pure happenstance. I think it was actually uh, our, one of our favorite listeners, Louise, who um, who uh, pointed me in that direction because I had played a song that was written about the movie for the movie. I'm not even sure what, what it, oh okay what it was, but I, I played. It, I was on one of the uh, mixtapes that I'd made, and so we discussed a little bit about it. And then Louise was like, "Oh, and it's available on YouTube." So I was like, "Oh, okay, well." Should, uh, put my money where the song is and uh and watch this movie but and so it's uh the film pound from 1970 yes there you go yeah yep. yeah written and directed by uh, downey as you say and uh and also has in it uh for his first appearance ever uh robert downey jr oh that's his first appearance he plays a puppy i don't know yeah in fact his character name was puppy <laughs> yeah there's, I think there were some like actual legit actors in the movie. It wasn't like I recognize no names. Oh, really? Okay, there are. Well, I'll some... tell I'll, I'll tell you names, and you tell me if you recognize anybody. Okay, okay, yeah. James Green, he plays Honky Killer. Uh, Joe <laughs> Madden, uh, Carolyn Cardwell, Eric Crawley, Eric Krupnik, hmm. Marshall Efron. I'm just going to read the names that are in blue here on Wikipedia, meaning they've done <laughs> their thing. Yeah, yeah. Marsh Marshall Efron. As Dachshund, Chuck Green the... as Mutt, okay. Antonio uh, Fargas as Greyhound. Oh, you know Huggy Don... Bear. You know Huggy Bear. Is he Huggy Bear? Yep. Okay, very good. Don uh, Calfa as Italian Terrier. Okay. And uh, the only other name that's in blue, Charles uh, Deercop as Airedale. Hmm. Yeah, nothing besides Antonio Vargas. Nothing else there. But I, I have. All right. I think I've seen 
the uh, some sort of it's, it's a disorder. When I was looking it up in the in the past, thinking, oh, this person's. And was that a what was that? Was that like a musical or what was that? No, it's a movie. It's just like everyone's playing an animal. Yep, yep. They're just just like on their name. Are they dressed as animals? Do they have like black noses? Like no, what I are they doing? I think like, so. I think they're just dressed like people and they just walk around like people, but they're they're dogs. Okay, are there people in the movie? I believe there are also people in the movie who play the, the you know like the the, uh, the pound whatever they. Call. Wait, yeah. so the, okay, according to the plot, these are all animals that are about to be euthanized. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah, this is this is the plot. Okay, uh, <laughs> it was based on okay, it was based on an off Broadway off off Broadway play. Sure, called the Comeuppance. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So what? Sorry, it hasn't got a plot. What happens? Do they? Do the animals all die at the end? Is it cats? I don't think I. I don't think I, I. don't think I watched it that far. But it's mostly like this sort of like dialogue. Comedy. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. They're having the like dialogue. They're talking. It's a comedy other. about dog euthanasia. Yeah, well, I don't think it gets that far. We don't get that that reality. I, I don't remember though. I, I don't know if I watched it all. I think I kind of ran out of steam on it. That was excuse a, me. I, that was I've a time when I was doing. Uh, I was doing. A lot of stuff at that time. So. All right. right so, many, uh, so many hours in the day. Louise, sorry if you've recommended it. Maybe Louise knows. Uh, Louise, uh, what the hell? What was this film? Like, yeah. how did this go? What was the plot? Holy moly. <laughs> uh, let us know, please. Because, geez, Louise, Louise. What? Euthanasia uh, animal comedy. Yeah. Wherever, okay. <clears throat> Throw up my hands and go, all right. There's a penguin's involved, apparently. <laughs> what a Mr. Poppers. Apparently, I think, like I said, he said he's an individualist. He was one of those kind of like, uh, you know, um, people that were known, but were like kind of like a studied weirdo. Right. If that makes sense to you? Yeah. By the way, when I was telling you about the writing room that has the one person who knows Michael Stipe and the other person who cast Eddie Murphy, yeah. Louise was in that writing room. <laughs> So right. she can back so, me up on that story. So well. which one is she? Is she the one that knows Michael Stipe, or is she the one who uh, cast Eddie Murphy? You know what? Twist both. <laughs> Whoa! I like that. Yeah, yeah. You can. She was going to cast. You can, you can put those stories. To, you can put those stories to bed, Louise. Yeah, she was going to cast Michael Stipe, and mm-hmm. then went, "Oh, sorry, we just got Eddie Murphy, and I cast him, <laughs> and we don't have room." Uh, and 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 then Michael Stipe went, "But you just fired Catherine O'Hara," and like, "Yeah, but we're going with Robin Duke," and they went, "Robin Duke." It's like, I'm so sorry. Like, fine, I'll show you. I'll go be a famous musician. I'd like to see that. And then uh, <laughs> off he went. He went, try being that with your sleep disorder and your REM problems. And uh, he went off and, uh, yeah, got rest, the name for the band. Rest is history. Yep. Rest is his story. Okay, Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. was the understudy for uh, what uh, Saturday Night Live performer uh, at uh, Second City? Ooh, Gilda Radner? Yep, that's it. That seems a little, Absolutely, a little obvious. It is. There's really only <laughs> a couple. There's Jane. Yeah, yeah Jane. Uh, Jane. Uh, can't remember now. You know who I mean? Curtin. Not Jane Curtin. No, no, not not uh, Jane Eastwood. Oh, Jane Eastwood. Okay, all right. No, I, thought, oh, been... I said a Saturday. Oh, I said you said Saturday Night Live performer. Oh, I thought you so said there's I, only three. Sorry, women. I started thinking Second City performer. I don't know. It's, it's just... Well, they would have had to have been both. And uh, then the other one, oh, Lorraine Newman, she was not Second City. She was a founder of the Groundlings. Yes. It's a pretty, also a pretty uh, prestigious thing to put after your... Yeah, especially founder. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lorraine was, Newman is pretty cool. Just, and also... It was just lying makes, around and she found it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Sometimes people, uh, you know, that's how... I think that's how they found theater sports. 
was, it was in someone's back pocket. It fell out, and there it was. Yeah. I was thinking, like, Keith Johnstone was on a boat and crashed into an island and saw some people there <laughs> playing games and went, aha! And they went, what do you mean? And then he just took off. And then uh, that was came it. back to Canada, and then uh, people went, hey, don't we already have two other things that are exactly like this in different parts of Canada? And he went, shut up. And then they made uh, theater sports. That was that. <laughs> the revolutionary theater sports. Yeah. Never Completely seen revolutionary. Yeah, nothing like it. Nothing like it. Yeah, and they went like, isn't this exactly like Canadian improv games, which has been around since the early 70s? And it's like, shut up. Well, wait, it's it's like uh, La Ligue d'Improvisationale in Montreal. Shut up, you. No, it's not. We don't pretend we're on a hockey rink. Like, okay, fair enough. Uh-huh. Mm. That one minor distinction. Yeah. It's original. Got it. Got it. Yep. So uh, we live in the land of ice right now. How are things in your neighborhood ice-wise? Oh, we've it's not, no, none here at all. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's weird because I, I, at work yesterday, we did have a little bit of snow in the afternoon that was falling, but it wasn't sticking to the ground, like to the roads. It was just kind of on the grass. And then my drive home was fine. And of course, that was wasn't that cold yet at that point i or i mean it was cold i don't remember it wasn't like today like today was crazy when i left home this morning it was minus 14 which is very unusual here in yeah. vancouver for it to be like that like usually like minus seven is as cold as as we allow it to get here we start writing letters to mother nature and uh so yeah yesterday was fine and like it was just weird like like uh, my work friend his girlfriend um works in vancouver and she left work at five and she got home at seven forty-five last night because the traffic was such a snarl there was like a 16 car pileup in one part of town and there was a 14 car pileup in the other side of town and so all all acts all exits out of the city were blo- blocked by giant uh accidents so everyone was creeping and crawling out of town and so and then you describe people as kind of sliding past your house yesterday and so it was sort of and so it got very cold today and i was kind of like that's kind of what decided me i was just kind of like partly that and partly i was in a rush this morning and i was kind of like well I, maybe i just won't go over to to Ian's anyway, and I'll, so I just won't worry about bringing my my bag with my with the with the uh, auxiliary recorder and stuff like that. So I just uh, went to work, au naturel, as it were, and then uh, and then just wrote and said, "Hey, I'm we're going to do this because I was kind of this this the idea of like have, like taking two hours to get back out of Vancouver was yeah nah I don't need that yeah I'm seeing uh, you know uh, well it's not so bad right now Mm. but like earlier today I was watching some cars going down our road that were like whoa (laughs) not having a good time sure sure yeah that's the other thing is I my my car uh, earlier this last year 2023 like in June or around there my car got smushed by someone in a parking lot they backed up into it and then just before Christmas someone uh, drove into it again on the other side of the car and uh, kind of scraped scraped a bunch of paint off the the bumper and pushed the bumper up against the fender and kind of pop, popped it out a bit. Ugh. And so I took I took the car in yesterday for to get it to get it to the body shop to get it repaired and I got a courtesy car. Um, but you know it's I've never driven this car anywhere. I don't know what the tires are. <laughs> so uh, so that also oh, was yeah, kind yeah. of part of my hesitation was I, I you know I'm not an all wheel drive. You know Subaru with the tires that I I know are good and and you know are are all all weather you know be good for the snow and whatever so uh, I'll just yeah I'll set this one out <laughs> so so yeah I just drove home uh, and you know what and everyone was really worried about the weather like the roads this morning were like practically empty I mean in terms of like what normal 
you know, week uh, week weekday morning traffic would be like. And then the drive right. home, the drive home in, in the afternoon, it took me like 25 minutes to drive home. Like, it's crazy. Oh. I know. It's usually 45 minutes. So I was like, whoa, this is really nice. Get off the road, everybody. I was kind of yeah, like, it's kind of COVID-y. Yeah, yeah, it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's not just COVID-y because we're doing a remote uh, broadcast, but also it's COVID-y because it was like really nice roads to drive on. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of funny. So I think people were just kind of worried about, uh, there's a Robin. People were kind of worried about, uh, people worried about um, this, you know, uh, snow basically is that what they just, sure you know so unless you needed to work or unless you needed to be somewhere there was no no need to be on the roads today so everyone is just at home with a co- warm cup of cocoa in their lap and just uh looking outside i mean what's crazy like our house for whatever reason when our house was built i guess it was uh, considered a great idea to have aluminum uh aluminum windows like aluminum you know the gla- not the glass in the windows obviously being aluminum but the the uh thing the thing the thing that holds the glass whatever it's called right the window itself i don't that's not the window is it what is it what is that called anyway it doesn't the matter win- frame pane yeah the frame uh, the pane is the wind the glass but i guess the frame the window yeah. frame is is aluminum uh and of course most most times it's it's vinyl nowadays because that's less conductive and it's it's better for for heat uh you know keeping the heat oh. in the house but uh so we have these aluminum frames on all our windows and all of them have frost on them in the house because the, the the it's become so cold that the the, the moisture in the house has uh, you know uh, attached itself and become <laughs> frost on all, all the frames so in in the house so it's really cold out that's what I'm trying to say it's very cold outside yeah uh, and you know it's not the first time I've said this to myself but hopefully this will be the last which is I really need to put some insulation in the ceiling of, of my shop because uh, all the literally all the heat goes up through the ceiling. <laughs> And disappears. So uh, I just need something. I need something to keep the heat in here because it's uh, really cold. I've got a I've got a heat a little heater blowing it towards my feet. But um, other than that, I'm just relying on on a little radiator here, like a wall based sort of wall mount heater. So like, and it ain't doing the job. It's so cold. Yeah. And that was the same I'm last doing, night uh, actually. Is that right? Oh yeah, our house. I had I had sent the thermostat to be at 24 degrees in the house, and it was 20. It was like this is as this is as warm as I can get. Sorry. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, stay stay warm, please. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm writing. I'm writing a story uh, that takes place in the winter. So this is helping me. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Not good. Bad. That's good. Yeah. It's yeah. like a bunch of people who are trapped in, in a frozen environment, and I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. exactly. This is uh, pretty good for that. Uh, yeah. Get it. And then you know, go outside and like, oh right, I should write that they're cold. That's correct. <laughs> they were cold. Yeah, you forget how cold the cold is when you don't, ex- yeah, it's very you don't experience cold, it. Cold, yeah, yeah, you know, like because we, we, you know, we're just babies here. Like when it gets to like minus four, we're like whimpering. And uh, today, like at work, it was minus ten. You know, so we went when I went outside a few times, and I, you know, I am I, I I was fine. Like my body was fine. I wasn't like over, I wasn't like dressed with too much. I just had pant my work pants on. And then I had a t-shirt with a, a long t-shirt over top of like a long sleeve t-shirt over that. And then my, my hoodie, but it was fine outside. Uh, but it was just your like face and your ears, you know, that, that really took the brunt of it. And, uh, and if you, and if you left the shelter of, of the, um, our covered outdoor area and just like went right out into the, the yard, then you noticed the wind chill factor <laughs> was a real, that's <laughs> a real fact, was a real factor. It's not just a pretend factor. It's real. Yeah, it really yeah. Uh, makes a difference. So you get out on that, and it just blows right through you. I went when I got home. I went to to the mailbox to check the mail, and when I was walking back, I and I was bringing my parka, and I had my hood up, 
And then when I was walking back, I was walking against the wind, so it kept blowing my hood off. And so after a while, I just mm. gave up. But by the time I got home, my ears were <laughs> stinging with the cold. I was like, oh, this is this is terrible. I'm not used to this. Although I always say, like, I don't mind the cold because you can you can dress for the cold. You can't undress for the heat. But I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this. <laughs> yeah, anything extreme gets. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I guess Stop that's it. it. Yeah, I guess that's Settle it. down. We don't want heat. We don't want heat domes. And we don't want cold, whatever this is, cold fronts. I remember uh, I was at a very small plane and we were doing a show in Prince George and we got out of the plane in the wintertime and our eyelashes froze like instantly, mm, like yeah. stepped off and it was mm, clink. Yeah. And it was just, and, and we had a short walk to the hotel. We could see the hotel and it was like, that's too far a walk. That's too far a walk. This is ridiculous. Like this is too cold. Yeah. And I didn't know there was too cold. I thought mm. I can handle any outdoor cold. Yeah. This is, I'm very bundled up. Nope. Nope, this is bad. This is we. Oh shit! And like when we got inside, all of us were just grabbing things and just going, "Jesus, what was that? Oh my gosh!" It's like, uh, yeah. And I was like, "All right, so we're walking to the gig later." No, we're not. No, we're not walking to the gig later. We're figuring something else out. Jeez, Louise, this, it was uh, bananas. Keep you, yeah. you keep using Louise's name in vain. Um, yeah, well, you know, I don't want to take the Lord's name, so I take the second best thing, which is Louise. Um, yeah, the pro- that's a problem. Of course, I had the same thing when I when I sold uh, encyclopedias in, in Alberta, uh, where where I started. It was minus thirty eight, and of course, they say you dress for winter, so you dress for a Vancouver winter, and then you go to, <laughs> you go to a place that's you know thirty five degrees cold, colder than that, and you're like you just oh I'm I'm not prepared for this. I you know I have one pair of thin socks on with some. I was even wearing desert boots, which I think, you know, looking back at it now, as I don't know, I was thinking as a teenager that I thought like desert boots would be adequate for going to a, a place as uh, the opposite of a desert, basically. I guess, you know, I guess not really the opposite of a desert because it wasn't really raining. It's still pretty. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's very cold. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it was so cold, like you couldn't, you couldn't like have a pen in your pocket. It would just freeze there. You had to hold, you had to put, tuck your pen into your your sleeve of like or your glove so that it would set against your hand and then it would, would stay it would, i'm just, trying to think of world. uh yeah I'm trying but the to thing think is of is where... like if you Go live ahead. there if you live there you're used to this like you just have the clothes for it you have you know how yeah. many layers to wear you know that you you should wear some long underwear that you need two pairs of socks that you have you have your sorel boots or whatever you know you have some nice uh you know insulated boots and you know and all the things that we just don't have here because we don't we never really face this that often and when we do it's it's not long enough to make it worth their while to go to the store and pay $250 for a pair of Sorel, you know, snow boots. So, yeah. Yeah, we stopped in Saskatchewan once upon a time, me and a mutual friend of ours, Gina, when I was taking a Greyhound with her across Canada and then back. And uh, it was minus, it was close to minus 40. It wasn't quite minus 40, but it was close to. Yeah, we're talking Celsius sure, sure. Uh, to those out there. Though, to, at that point, who the fuck cares whether it's Celsius or Fahrenheit? <laughs> yeah, I think at minus 42, they're the same. It's about the same. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, and I remember us going to a friend's house of hers, and, I, and we're crashing in the basement. And, uh, so, and somehow it got brought up how much they paid for the house. And the house was like just nothing, like very little for the house. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, but you got to deal with the cold. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I remember at the time thinking, not worth it. Not worth it. Not being able to go outside. It's not worth it. This yeah. is, it's not. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. If you step outside and you lock your keys, like, you lock yourself out of the house. Well, that was a nice life. And now here's me recreating the end scene of The Shining <laughs> for you right now. Here it goes. Wow.
Because you can't. That's just stupid. It's, again, you spit and watch a piece of ice hit the ground. Yeah, that's a different kind of... Uh, yeah, it's obviously a different world. Like, and what, Once again, you know, you, you acclimatize those sort of things, and it's just your life. You don't really think about it. But uh, it's scary to, to me, you know, like... I remember when the girls were little, we were given a book. It was called Belle's Journey. It's about this little girl named Belle. And, it, you know, in the story... She, uh, they're like, they, they're, it's in Saskatchewan and they're like a farm and, you know, they have like the rope from the house to the barn so that you can get to the barn in, during the, the wind, during the snowstorms and look after the animals and then also not get lost and freeze to death. There's a, there's a term they use in, uh, in Russia ca- called snowdrops and snowdrops are when the, uh, when spring comes and the snow melts, the snowdrops are the people, the bodies that are revealed by the melting snow. Uh, people who have fallen and, and died in the snow, usually too drunk to know what's going on and stumble and fall. And that's, uh, yeah, and it's just so you're just like, oh, this is a, this is a snow that I don't even want to know about. <laughs> yeah. It also sounds like it would be a Russian licorice candy. That's got a little bit of white around it as well. Okay. It's licorice. And it's a little white. And it's like, you know, do you want snowdrop? And it's like, yeah, it's named after corpses. <laughs> And it's like, oh my You're god, that's shape. a terrible name. It's the shape of like, a little, uh, yeah. It's like a, yeah. it's like a jelly baby, only it's called the snowdrop. Yeah, it looks like a human body. You go like, that's the worst <laughs> name I've ever heard. Andy. And then they say, oh, you should hear the racist name we had before this. Like, oh, fair enough. Snowdrops it is. Thumbs up to snowdrops. Okay, that's fine. These are snowdrops, everybody. I'm eating a snowdrop. Nom, 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 nom. Delicious Russian candy. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I've got uh, a lot of Finnish relatives and uh, they're big fans of uh, a sauna and then a cold shower and then back into the sauna. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big fan of sauna. I'm good. The end. <laughs> and like, oh, you got to have the cold shower. You really don't at all. But they love it, and it uh, apparently feels good to them. And I'm like, I don't see how amazing amounts of cold and pain are would be good. I don't. It really wakes you up. I'll stay asleep. Yeah, I'm fine with being sleepy in the uh, sauna. Please wake me up before I die. It's fine. This is good. I like it warm. Thank you. I, I don't mind cold, but I don't want to go into a cold shower by any. Uh, yeah, I don't believe. I'm not. Or uh, jump into uh, a, an icy lake or any of that. Yeah, you know, which no. is also their want. I mean, I'll swim in. I'll and swim I, in cold water. I don't. It's fine, but I don't. Uh, I'm not going to jump into freezing water. Yeah, you don't want to go into water that's got ice on top. That is the no. lake telling you, "I'm busy. <laughs> I'm fired. Go yeah. away. Yeah. Don't don't come in here now." That's a good sign that nature tells you, "Don't go in there." That's fine. Yeah, I've got no interest in that at all. I, uh, I don't get. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. In the in the early days of YouTube, when I first discovered YouTube, I remember as a guy who lived in Mani- Manitoba, and he was, I think, he was a professor at a university in Manitoba, but his thing was like how to survive falling into icy water. And so he would like demonstrate, he would like fall, he would like go into icy water and then he'd show you how to survive if that happens, you know, and it's like, mm. all these little tips on like how to conserve your energy, how to keep, make the water, keep the water warm around you or like warmish around uh, and all these sort of things. And you're like, well, I guess that's helpful. I think, I think I know the outcome if I fall into freezing water and it's not going to be, it's not going to be a comfortable, it's not going to be a comfortable outcome. Yeah, I think tip number one is don't jump into the water on YouTube. That's thing number one. Well, he did it. He did it. I'm sure he did. Yeah, and you get both things. You're told both things. One, it's really good for your heart. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Also, it's really bad for your heart. So don't yeah. do it. I can't imagine it's how like, it's good for your heart. Like the sudden shock to your system, sending your your uh, 
heart a fluttering and it's hard to breathe because you know. you're 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 you, you start you go into um shock a little bit and your body starts wanting to breathe more than it actually needs. i know this because i jumped into uh the street of juan de fuca a long time ago and it was so cold unexpectedly cold and i was like taken aback and i had trouble breathing because i my body just started panting because it was go- it had gone into shock yeah i remember uh, i remember just and it, it's not as cold as that but there was a glacier fre- uh, uh, fed you know lake uh in nelson bc that i was swimming in and mm. it was one of those where like hey let's all jump off the thing that's a bit too high and like okay we'll do that because you know there's girls around and i want to impress them yeah so i uh, so, so i did it and i jumped into this the clearest water like you just jump into it and it's so clear and you're like looking yeah. underneath and like yeah. i could see everything oh that's interesting <laughs> I guess, I guess you oh, discovered this is why it's cold. so clear yeah, oh, this is too cold. This is much too cold. I should get out of this. And then you, I swam up to yeah. where you're supposed to be climbing out yeah. and uh, just kept slipping on the walls that were supposed to be uh, uh, giving me purchase, but I was not. And I was like, oh, and my hands are starting to get a little numb now. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, no. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I eventually made it out. This was the same. Um, this was the same kind of lake that had a dam that uh, just days before – had opened up unexpectedly while I'm going to say this, Louise, we're going to bring her up a lot. Uh, her brother yeah. was there and, uh, and, uh, and, and he was taken to the same swimming hole. Um, and cause he was working on something there and, uh, maybe not days before, but it was, it was a, a, a not a long time. Uh, but, uh, but they were mentioning like, Oh, there's the dam over there. Oh, does the dam ever open? No, the dam never opens. Then they opened the dam and the dam, <laughs> opened and then it started the water started to rise up and there were some people that were on the other side like on an area they shouldn't have been with beers and they were drinking and then it was like they were going to be swept off and away to you know the waterfall yeah so oof uh so they formed a human chain and saved them and the uh, people on the other side were like save the beer and it's like we're not going (laughs) to save the beer and they're like oh no the beer so the beer took a trip over the waterfall Uh, But yeah, it was again, like super icy, Arctic cold. And then for some reason, days later, we were told, we all should go there again. Like, okay, (laughs) dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, And I went there. But uh, yeah, Lyle, uh, who's Louise's brother, helped save some lives that day. So uh, shout out to Lyle. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. There's a good story, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Why not tell more stories of people we know saving lives? Good for them. You know water is cold when microorganisms don't want to be. Yeah. And one and and you know, there's someone out there listening to this going, "That poor beer, <laughs> what a waste!" That or someone underneath a beautiful waterfall going, "Ah, oh, nature, hey, fuck beer! <laughs> Look at this, we got beer, nice. That's right, pretty good." A person struck dead by a bottle of beer flying over. Yeah, That's I want cool. to uh, buy the rights now to uh, pound remake it. <laughs> I think I think the time is right for. Uh, <laughs> for a dog euthanasia well, film, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like you're you're going to uh, you're, you're just going to you're going to you're going to um, you know just just uh, turn it into like you're just going to pander. You're going to pander. You're going to maybe you're going to have all the actors dressed in costume. You know, not just standing around in suits and wearing you know funky pimp clothes like Antonio Vargas's character or whatever. You know, like I'm just picturing I'm picturing Robert Downey Senior. Okay, so yes. he does this off off Broadway play. Okay. Uh, called Comeuppance yes. about euthanizing dogs, okay. and 
And uh, listen, I'm just going to say, not the biggest hit in the world, probably. Big enough, I guess, that they make a movie of it later. So sure. I don't know, shrug my shoulders <laughs> on that. But then I'm sure, like, then, you know, after he's done his, you know, film and whatever, yeah. he goes to, he sees a Broadway show. And it's cats. And he's like, what the hell? Well, uh, let me give you some advice. No one wants to see this. Biggest hit in the world. And then he just goes, ah, what? I should have done. Oh, it should have been a musical. Oh, should have been a musical. Aren't, aren't the cats getting killed too in cats? I'm sure, yeah. There's probably, yeah, I'm sure. Isn't that where they're like going? Do they go to some other place? Doesn't that like involve like some sort of like <laughs> leaving the earth? I think they, I think they become a, like there's one shot at immortality. I have not seen cats. Uh, there's one shot at immortality. <laughs> Me neither. It was it was one of those musicals that, and my dad kind of described it to me because he went to see it, mm. and he went, uh, and I said like, "How was it?" And he went, "Eh." But then he, <laughs> but then he told me how much he paid for tickets, which yeah. was about a hundred bucks a ticket. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and this was back when money was money. Yeah, and it was like a hundred dollars a ticket. And it's like, yeah, no one. And then it was sort of like, no one says it's a bad show if you paid a hundred bucks, because mm. otherwise you're just a chump <laughs> that you know came out and was like, how was it? It's a stinkeroo. Mm. I'm a hundred bucks short now, you know. <laughs> oh. But yeah, you spent a hundred bucks and you really loved Phantom. <laughs> of course you did. In fact, can I buy some merch? Because I'd like to tell people that I saw this film that I really, or not this play that I really liked. Yeah. Buff, yeah. <laughs> buff I say. I've never seen Cats, I'm sorry. Me neither. Um, so don't apologize to me, because I am in the same boat. I have done a yeah. TSA uh, Old Possum Cats play, okay. uh, where we did the poems uh-huh. that Cats uses, but uh, uh, I did not, uh, not, I did not, we did not sing them, no. Not the same. And we did not have, uh, we did not do dress up in furry outfits, and we did not uh, have uh, CGI buttholes removed. <laughs> What CJ buttholes were added and removed? I think on this is the legend, I believe, for okay. the l- most recent Cats movie is yes. there were buttholes, and then the they went people don't want to see buttholes, and they went click, and they got rid of the buttholes. What well, really the person should have who was, was told that people don't want to see buttholes? They said people don't want to see buttholes. Why do they have cats? Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, more than a fair, a fair point. point. You don't name Judy Dench's butthole, <laughs> and like let. Erase them all. And <laughs> How about James Gordon's uh, Gord, Gordon's buttonhole? Yeah, we'll erase that one as well, <laughs> and then people will love this movie. And uh, they did not. Oh, all that work, all that buttonhole. You know, I have and... not seen it. Yeah, I can't judge it, so I don't know. Yeah. What is uh, your favorite play that you've ever seen? My favorite play I've ever seen. Um, strangely. The one I always think about is the one about uh, Roy and Walt Disney sitting waiting to hear the results of the first the uh, first showing of Snow White. It's pretty good, yeah. I really like that play. It, it, to me, it's what makes it great is that it could never be a movie. Mm. Because what's good about it is the immediacy of the actors right there. And so its smallness, the littleness of its story really works in that kind of setting. But I don't think it would can be can easily as easily conveyed in a movie because it movies too movies that you know like uh i don't want to like pretend i'm marshall McLuhan, but like movies to me are kind of like <laughs> a, you know have like a cold medium like there's sort of like you know there's sort of a remove between you the emotion and you but whereas when you watch a play you know the actors are right there they're every every gesture every 
facial expression right there and it's you know and so you feel much closer to and it was you know it's, we saw it in a small theater as well so so you know it made it very very affecting that's what i always think of like also really like yeah noises off would be i'm i'm tied three okay i'm, I'm like noise i'm going on noises off because it was the funniest thing i'd seen like oh, it was yeah, double overlap oh so, so good yes like i've seen it on as a movie and it's like it's fine yeah and i've seen it again as a play and it was all right Mm. But for some reason, it just hit all the marks, and I didn't realize. I, I think I think it's for the same reason as this other one, where it's like I didn't realize plays could do this. Yeah, I didn't realize plays could be so funny. And then <laughs> yeah. when I saw, uh, and again, you saw this one as well. Mm. Uh, I'll be back before midnight. Yes. I didn't realize plays could be that scary. Yeah, and that was starring Colin Mockery, and we talked about that one when he was on our show yeah uh, but it was like genuinely oh you can make a horror play wow yeah. neat yeah and so that was that was that and then there was north shore live which was basically second city or sctv but you know as a live show and what impressed me about that was the fast costume changes and i didn't think you could do sctv and a sketch comedy situation as a play, I didn't think well, play could be sketches. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. with a loose format around it. So it was like all three of those were, oh, they just open your eyes to, you know, there's so much you can do with this uh, situation. Well, you're seeing, uh, you're seeing a one person show next week. That's true. So, yeah, true. we're seeing a show that I'm sure eventually will end up on Broadway, as you know his other ones have. Okay. We're going to see a Mike Mike Birbiglia uh, show can't stop the ride at the queen elizabeth theater which is where i saw my first concert and i saw that with you as well that's right yeah laurie anderson and i think we're seeing it in the basically the same seats or very close to the same seats that's cool um yeah yeah that's that's a good that's a good first concert by the way like that has a lot of cachet to it mm-hmm. like, so i saw laurie anderson well most people actually most people will be like who <laughs> but, but people who know people who know would be like oh that's great like that's like that's a great that's a great first concert well it also made me think that concerts had uh more of a stage element to them that than they did because she had like video and she had some other things mm, and was yeah, you know yeah. multimedia yeah uh, whereas a, you know it was kind of a stripped down version of her america america live i think or united states or united states live which was a it's quite a long performance unless it's several nights but i have the i have the record set of it it's like five records i saw oh it's a long but when we saw it wasn't that long but she put out two two records that year that was in 84 so she put out united states live and then she put out mr heartbreak in the same year mm. and then we we went and saw her it must have been later in 84 that we saw her i don't remember exactly when but uh oh very cool yeah we we, we caught her right on the right on the kind of like the acme of her of her sort of middling fame she never really like broke through which because she's a weirdo so you know weirdos, yeah weirdos she was on <laughs> yeah she was on saturday night live yeah, the yeah. week before yeah yeah i mean and, she's, yeah, yeah she's made a she's been on you know you know she's had some some level of of notoriety or whatever but never like never broke through which is fine because she's just a weirdo doesn't happen doesn't happen for weirdos that they're weird music their weird violin playing with an echo machine. <laughs> yeah, she had a song Speeding with Peter. Voice. Yeah, she had a song with Peter Gabriel okay. at that time. I okay. think. All I right. think she did. Yeah, right. and no, and no. and that was one of the multimedia things. Was you know his voice would appear, and it was something oh, with okay. birds, and she was singing your thing, and it was again like uh, like with Kate Bush, he was doing some duets. Yeah. Then smart, smart move. Uh, <laughs> good, good going there, and then you know he. Uh, then he did the, the Babe song, and you know, there you go. That's what everyone remembers him for, is Babe. Who? Remembers no. Peter Gabriel for Babe? <laughs> well, he did sing the theme song to Babe. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
It was like, all I remember is like seeing him at, uh, I think it was the Academy Awards. I know you didn't watch because you don't watch Academy Awards. <laughs> I do not. Um, but I remember him him standing there, and he was a bit of a bigger person than uh, I, re- I remember him being. And he was bald, and it was like, who's that guy? And it's like, Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel? What song does he have? And it was like, babe, you are a noble pig. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Shrug shoulders, look right? around. Fine. You know? All right. Huh. Fair enough. I like I like Babe. I like Peter Gabriel. I'm fine with this song. Yeah. Okay. Everything's fine. I got no I got no complaints. I'm just I'm just surprised. I thought he just did a rewrite one of his own songs and just called it Big Hammer. <laughs> yep, that's what they kill the pigs with. <laughs> we no. kill the pigs <laughs> with a big pig hammer. No, it's a the the, the pig is a hammer. It's a he's a ham. Oh, oh, he's a big hammer. Okay, yeah, boy, oh boy, very sad. You were okay. You went, went, you went places I wasn't. Johnny, that's that's Salisbury steak. You just put up up that hill. (laughs) You just put stuff out in the world, and people just do with do with it what they want. You can't really, you can't really. You uh, can't do nothing. What what can you do? Yeah, you can't control your own creations. You can't. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Um. (laughs) We're around at the hour and a half mark, and I'm going to turn to letters. We can Please. still talk afterwards. We'll see. We can still talk afterwards. Sure, it's sure. fine. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I just want to read these while I've uh, still got voice in my lungs. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, l- I got a good question, by the way, for this week that you're going to go, ah, it's, and it's the kind of question a Canadian likes, too. So it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm an yeah. American, so that's, oh. Yeah, you'll be all right with it. No, you'll I'm, be all right with it. Some Americans like it. I'm mostly, like all, I'm mostly Canadian. Yeah, all Canadians like this question, and they'll they'll be like, oh, and they'll all answer this question. Yeah, because it's the first question. It's like, all right, all right, I'm up, I'm up for this one. Uh, but last week we asked, is there a movie you like a lot that has an element that you wish wasn't in the film? And also, uh, what was the first big meal you ever cooked? So, there we go, dandy questions all the way around. <laughs> um, you know what? We haven't mentioned Louise enough, so oh. one more time. Who is Louise? This? Oh. This is Louise Moon. She is the sister of the person who rescued those people in that uh, that beer loss tragedy <laughs> that happened in Nelson, B.C. Yes, you know, in the uh, in the late eighties. Yes, the beer, that people still talk about to the this beer day. debacle. Yeah, it was so sad. Uh, <laughs> the dam never opens. Okay, why is it opening? Oh no! Save the beer. Uh, Louis, Louise writes uh, an element that spoiled a whole movie, maybe even a whole franchise for me was when it was revealed that Newt and Hicks were dead at the beginning of Alien 3. Yes. Boo. Uh, boo. I didn't... Uh, they're not saying Newt. They're saying Newt. Uh, I didn't mind the prison planet premise and the idea of pitting human predators against an alien one. But after that opening, I felt, what's the word? Oh, yeah. Alienated. <laughs> and, uh, and also, I terminated my interest in that movie. Even though it's not terminated, but it was written by his, uh, or directed the same director. Uh, are you saying Newt? I'm saying Newt. Uh, yeah, I'm saying Newt. Oh, good, good. Are you saying Pig Hammer? Um, no, I'm saying Pig, pig hammer, hammer. Anyway, we kill the pig with a pig hammer. <laughs> well, if that's where you want to go with it, you do. Oh, it's you, awful. You do you. I don't feel good about that at all. I'm going to have a salad tonight. Uh, also, I found the uh, ending was much too similar to the ending of the previous year's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. falling into a big thing of goo. That, yeah, That movie true. made Hot a lot of goo. money. That movie made a lot of money. Let's do the same ending. Sure. The first big meal I ever cooked was a roast chicken dinner 
for my Girl Guide cooking badge. <laughs> I probably made my first pie for my baker's badge. Oh, that's very cool. I never cooked anything for Cub Scouts. Now I'm thinking that I should have. Yeah. Um, another, uh, what did we ask you, Dave? When was your first big meal that you cooked? You did ask me, and I, I said it was a uh, filet mignon. Very nice. That's right. Back in 94? Uh, uh, very good. And another of journalist Jack Webster's catchphrases was something like, Get on with it! <laughs> this was to callers who took too long to get to the point when they were phoning in. Yes. So there we go. Oh, my God. I forgot about the phone-in part of the... What's, you know what's great about... Go ahead. You're with Webster. Go. You know what's great about phone-in segments of shows is hearing people's really terrible opinions. <laughs> Yep, everyone's got a bad opinion, and if you can <laughs> give it from home, worse. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, Edward <laughs> Jurgansky writes, if I haven't already mentioned it, Happy New Year to all. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, happy yeah. New Very happy New Year back to you. Uh, the Laserdisc formats Dave was discussing were CLV and CAV. Oh. CAV required more digital information and spread the movie out over more sides, thus requiring more flipping. But that also meant you could pause the film and get a sharp image at any time. Yeah. CLV took less digital info. And when you paused the film, you saw a blue pause screen. Uh, I still have some of the greatest box collections of laser discs. It was really a video files medium. It was. Uh, yeah. They were, yeah. yeah. Uh, they were, and when people called you a video file, that was not what it means now. No, it's similar to being called a pig hammer. <laughs> there was a Coppola director set of Dracula that actually encouraged you to connect your Laserdisc player to a VCR and re-edit alternate scenes from the film that were provided on the disc. That's crazy. It, it was kind of a director's workshop thing yeah. for film enthusiasts that Coppola had endorsed. I have a huge Wizard of Oz set with loads of galleries and commentary tracks. At the time, there was nothing like it. And, of course, my definitive Star Wars trilogy set, which isn't all that definitive now, but at the time... I could connect my Laserdisc to my Mac and get any screen image I wanted because the entire trilogy is CAV. It's also the last uh, iteration of the original trilogy before the special editions yeah. were made in 1997. Before they got wrecked. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's And loaded with all kinds of great stuff. That's yeah. a real treasure. Lastly, just to make uh, David cringe, <laughs> Laserdisc was also responsible for the first extended version of 1941 oh, great. with an extra 45 minutes. Oh, my God. I bought that without even thinking twice. Well, Ed loves, Ed loves, he's a self-confessed lover of 60s comedies. So he loves those kind of excessive smash em up uh, kind of things where the... Ferris, the, Ferris wheel the, rolling down the dock. The, com yep. the comedy, well, I shouldn't say the comedy, but the subtlety is lost extravagant. It's not my, okay. it's not my cup of tea, but... I hey, hey, David, do me a favor and say the words of The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Hey, speaking of the Wizard of Oz, it <laughs> used to annoy me when my when the scene where the scarecrow gets his diploma slash brains yes. from the wizard, uh, he immediately solves it by solving a geometry problem. Yeah. Every time we watched it, my dad felt compelled to say out loud that the scarecrow was wrong. Yeah. And ridiculous. he should get a brain that works. <laughs> the wizard is a fraud. He's an engineer, and I'm just a dumb artist who pushes pixels around all day. So what the hell do I know? There you go. I forgot uh, I, on Laserdisc. I forgot that I have a big box set of Brazil. So in CAV, oh. frame by frame. Very nice. It's pretty cool. Here's the thing, it by has, the way, about the it has three different versions of the movie on it as well. Oh, that's great. Cool. Has, has his cut, the studio cut, and then a TV version. I uh, I really enjoy that movie. Me too. I saw it twice the same night. Yeah. When I saw it. Oh wow! 
when I saw the theater. And you don't you don't see movies twice. Not too often. So yeah, I went with a friend and we just we just stayed in the theater and watched it again. Very very cool. Uh, if you want a dark version of the Wizard of Oz, this is my take on it: is uh, you got uh, you know, Dorothy uh, is uh, gone; she gets like taken yeah. uh, by the monkeys, and then uh, the uh, Scarecrow is there with the Tin Woodsman and Cowardly Lion, yeah. and then the Tin Woodsman turns to the uh, Scarecrow and goes, uh, "You know, he's got a heart and a brain, and he he won't fight back." <laughs> and uh, and then they kill the lion, and they take his heart and brain. And it's like, this all worked out well. And then they start going back down the yellow brick road, which is now uh, stained red with blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... It's like, you know what? It's... Do, go for it, because that, that's like the new thing, right? Like, you know, now that... I was reading that now that Steamboat Mickey... Or Steamboat Willie, the Mickey Mouse... Uh, iter, you know, that, that iteration of Mickey yeah. Mouse is now out of copyright, that they're planning a horror movie version of that. So Yeah, they were already shot it. Yeah, yeah. So you're just like, well, this is... This is as far as our imagination goes, I guess. No wonder Disney's not worried about the copyright falling on these things. No one's going to do anything with them anyway. It's going to be a bunch of garbage like this. What do they care? It feels like what they should do is they should remake that uh, that, that play you like so much with uh, Walt Disney and his brother. <laughs> yeah. And it the two Mickey Mouses that are, you know, they both look like Mickey Mouse from Steamboat Willie. I'm sure. like, oh, I'm really worried about Snow White. It's like, no, it'll be fine. Oh, I don't know. We put all our dreams into this. Oh, me? Oh, my. Maybe wait 10 years so that you can have two different versions. Mm. So you can have, like, the 1929 version, and then you can have, like, the 1936 or 35 version. Well, you know what I mean? Because they did change the style. Yeah, that's true. Just so long Fair as you use the worst one where they had the ears uh, so that they were, like, realistic. Ugh. Ugh. That's what I say. You ever see, uh, you ever see like, uh, when they have one of those model sheets for Mickey Mouse, and, like, he makes sense from the front. Yeah. He, like, he makes sense from the side. Yeah. Three-quarter totally makes sense. Yeah. Three-quarters on the other side makes sense. Looking straight at you. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay, but it's a little weird. But what's weird about but, it is it, it's, it's a, like, a fundamental image. Oops. It's right at the beginning of every of Mickey Mouse. Sure, sure. So you're okay with that. Then yeah, yeah. let's see what it looks like overhead looking down. Mm. And you're like, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> That's a horror show. <laughs> it just looks the worst. Is that like, right? no. Okay. Oh, it looks like it's so disturbing. Yeah, yeah. So disturbing. You don't want to see that. That's your Mickey Mouse horror movie. It's just people <laughs> see Mickey Mouse from the top down and just go, ah! And they, they're all screwed up. <laughs> well, I... I don't remember ever seeing seeing that as an image in any of the cartoons, and that's probably why. No, no, but yeah, you can look at it from an animation sheet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The reason you never see that from the, uh, um, as far, I'm going to go back to uh, our, our friend Edward. Sorry, uh, thing Ed, sorry, I did movies sure. that were ruined. Uh, as far ruined. as single scenes go, the gimp scene in Pulp Fiction is repugnant to me, <laughs> and I want to walk out when I first saw it. <laughs> I respect Pulp Fiction for what it is and Tarantino's vision, but I just hate that entire part. <laughs> I really do like most Tarantino films. I consider Inglorious Bastards to be one of the greatest films of uh, the last 20 years, but I really don't like to see the old old Quentin show up in his own films either. <laughs> yeah, that's a little annoying. Yep. Uh, and I'm the last guy who'll ever see say anything bad about any of the 13 films made by the Marx Brothers, but since you dragged me into it, has anyone ever made it through the Tenement Symphony scene in the big store? There was a great uh, bathroom break for me in that when uh, the big store was on television as a kid. And I'm sure the scene originally showcased Alan Jones nicely for a broader audience back in 1941. Just get me to the chase scene at the end or point me at the direction of the opera. 
<laughs> so we did talk about that film in uh, full marks. We did. And so I did watch, I did make it through all of it. So, you know, that was a, yeah, it was a, that was a, that was a movie. There were some good bits in it, but uh, yeah, it's, it existed. It's there. It's, it's around. You can watch it and you can listen to us talk about it. If you want to listen to full marks. Yeah, I don't know why you want to watch it. We have other movies. Edward has never made a big meal of any kind. So he's got nothing on that one. I've helped uh, on a few, but I leave the lion's share to more qualified family, friends, and professionals. Uh, oh, I should show you a nice recipe for uh, like a beef uh, cooked in uh, Dr. Pepper. Do that for you. Uh, stay dry, warm, and bundled up if you're experiencing the winter blast. We are. Uh, see you next time. And that is our uh, web letters uh, this week. Nice. Do we have any emails or anything along those lines? We don't have any emails. Very good. I uh, And also, I don't have my phone with that's all right. Here is my question of the week. Your question of the week. I'm gonna, okay. I'm prepared to be excited by this. Here's what it... Well, it's not ex- necessarily exciting. No, no, no. It's you just, told me it's exciting. No, no, no. You not said, exciting. You said this is gonna, you're going to be amazed at this, Dave. You're going to be amazed. Prepared to be amazed, I, you said. I said every ago. Canadian will want to answer this question. Okay. And that is... I stand oh, okay, by. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, what's the coldest weather you've ever experienced? <laughs> That's, and yeah, if you yeah. if, if you don't have that, what's the hottest? I'll take the hottest as well. Okay. But I, I especially we're going for what's the coldest? Every Canadian will go, oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and uh, they've got a story to tell you about the weather and the oh. coldest it's ever been. Jeez. Oh, let me tell oh, you. Oh, boy, howdy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cold. Well, I mean, I've already said cold as I've. Yeah. 38 below in Fort McMurray. Was, uh, Almost froze on the patio there. Oh, geez. Just... But Timmy's. Throws the Timmy's off. I was in uh, Alberta for the, the very exciting uh, changeover from winter to spring, which is basically from snow on the front lawn to mud on the front lawn. And everyone's front yards have uh, wooden boards that lead from the sidewalk to the front door so you don't step in the grass and track in, <laughs> track in all the mud and also turn up the lawn into a, just a big soup. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wonder. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. Hey, speaking of Canadian things, yeah. uh, did you see that there's now going to be a Law & Order uh, Toronto? I did not see that. That's yeah. A... yeah. Oh, jeez, he's killed, eh? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we better call the cops. All right, we'll do it. I guess they'll have... Oh. It'll be exciting because they'll, it'll be the first time they'll be carrying empty Timmy cups. Yeah, what the... Oh, I can't... Oh, I wish we had something in here. Or pretend like you do, eh? I don't know what that's about. Yeah, we found another one in uh, Lake Ontario. Oh, no! Oh, that's a bummer. Okay, well, here we go. Let's go to court. Do we wear wigs? I don't remember. Maybe. I don't remember. They do wear wigs. And then... Womp womp. And then there they go. Yeah, we'll, we'll see We'll see how it goes. I give it one... I give it one, uh, one hour before it gets in a fight with Michael O'Donoghue. <laughs> Oh, Catherine O'Hara. And I keep bringing this up. <laughs> yeah. But what makes Catherine O'Hara, because I love this trivia, yeah. medically different? What makes her medically she different? Has, yeah, she's medically different than almost anyone else you know. Oh. What, uh, what thing yeah. that affects, let's say, her entire body for the most part, <laughs> uh, does she, do, it makes her different? She is unable to, uh, to um, she's unable to, to uh, create chlorophyll. <laughs> you know what? I'd just like to leave it at that. <laughs> go with that. No, you gotta, you gotta answer it now. I will answer it, which is uh, her organs are in opposite sides oh, yeah, of yeah. the body to where uh, uh, traditional organs would be. Oh. So, yeah, everything in her body is reversed. Hmm. 
So that is something that she has to inform medical professionals about when if there's anything uh, problematic or something going on, because that's not where the appendix is, Jack. That's not where the liver is. That's not where this, that, and the other thing are. Huh. Uh, it's all uh, it's all flippity dingo. Yeah. I know a little bit of trivia about her her sister Mary Margaret O'Hara, who is a uh, yeah, and that she wouldn't. She was supposed to um, do an album which was going to be produced by Andy Partridge. She refused to work with him. He was an atheist. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know. It's a uh, so she, she. I got here. I'm just looking her up. Yeah, that she did uh, an album called Miss America in 1988. Yeah, that's a uh, great great album. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't really know too much after that though. Remember that at the time that. I picked up that album because of the connection. And I thought it was very good, but I kind of lost track of her. In those pre- okay. pre-internet days, Canadian artists kind of disappeared sometimes. Uh, I'm trying to see if I just read this one thing correctly or not. Mm. Uh, so she started the Martian Awareness Ball. Is that right? Uh, in 1978 with uh, with her brother, Marcus O'Hara, and they started the Martian Awareness Ball. So it was like a musical event. And it continues to this day, every St. Patrick's Day, uh, at the Horseshoe Tavern. I don't know where that is. It's in Toronto. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. It's a very famous uh, musical venue. 43 degrees north by uh, 79 degrees west, if you're looking it up on the globe. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'll put that into my yeah. put that into my coordinates and head over there later. Who? What uh, What band covered her song, uh, You Will Be Loved Again? What Canadian band? Was it the Bare Naked Ladies? It wasn't. It was on a 1990 album called The Caution Horses. And the word horses being in that title might help you to know what the band's name was. It might help me to know what the band's name was. Well, it's something to do with horses. Their band name has something to do with horses. Oh, okay. So, so, you know, there was an album called The Caution Horses this band put out. In 1990, they covered the song You Will Be Loved Again. Yeah. Which was, uh, you know, one of her songs. Was it Blue Rodeo? Oh, that's such a good guess. What a good guess that is. But no, it was the Cowboy Junkies. Cowboy Junkies, oh, that makes Margot Timmons a good person to cover. Mary Margaret O'Hara. She also performed in uh, in uh, the experimental rock opera, The Black Writer. The oh. Black Writer. Oh, Tom Waits. The Tom Waits. That's uh, correct, yeah. yeah. So there you are. These are all the trivia things. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, okay. And uh, and uh, during a concert in Toronto in 1999, this ties everything together. All right. Real, oh, my God, this ties things together well. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Because 1999 was when we were getting the stories about this. Uh, during a concert in Toronto in 1999, she was brought on stage and declared a national treasure by someone that I have brought up a couple of times in this episode who brought her on stage. And, in Lu- and Louise Moon has never told us a story of doing this. Oh, my God. So no, it, brought- was, oh. it was Michael Stipe. It was Michael, <laughs> Michael Stipe. Stipe. <laughs> yeah. Louise's friend, Michael Stipe. Louise's friend, Michael Stipe, yeah. declared her a national treasure, yeah. uh, brought her on stage and, and said that. So there yeah. we go. And then... You know, Michael Stipe then, because this was exactly the time that Louise and I were working on uh, Big Sound, uh, yeah. called uh, called up Louise and went just like, hey, Louise, are we still friends? <laughs> and uh, went, I don't think I'm the one in this story that was your friend. <laughs> and it's like, no, so I'm confused. pretty sure. He's so confused. Well, yeah. This brings me to question number two, okay. which is, would you have rather discovered Eddie Murphy or been friends with Michael Stipe? Oh! That's question number two. Nice. Oh, I like everything about 
I like everything about this. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we've got that. If you want to uh, contact us, here's what you do. You go to uh, sneakydragon.com and you post your response underneath any episode that, you know, is the one that we're asking the questions about. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Also, that's where you're going to find the, that full Mark show that we're talking about. All the episodes are there. Completely Beatles, also there. Uh, hey, but what about new shows? Well, look, we got new shows. You know, we're talking about cowboy junkies and horses. If you like horses, uh, speaking of horses, uh, we got horse mysteries there. All the episodes. I hear it's coming back, that show. Very soon. Right. And also that gum you like is coming back in the style, which is good. It's excellent. Both things are good. <laughs> uh, and if you want to listen to uh, uh, shorty, uh, as in like short, snappy uh, memories of films, uh, where people are also consuming snacks and, and making up drinks. Well, I got a show for you, and it's called uh, Refresh My Memory. And that's also on there. And we've got uh, Jason Dedrick, uh, star of our Boxing Day episodes. Eric Fell, star of our episodes where we go back to our old school and go, ugh. Uh, and uh, Vicky Van, star of, she's been on the show a couple of times, and talks about movies, and she's talking about movies uh, here as well with those other two, and there's lots of laughs, it's a lot of fun, so check that out, and that's all at SneakyDragon.com. If you'd rather email us, we're at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com, we're on Tumblr, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com, and we are on, ugh, it's called X, <laughs> you know it, it's gotten weird, I know it's weird. Oh yes, someone was showing me the, like the, uh, the video of um, Elon Musk telling his advertisers they could go fuck themselves for uh, nice when they've <laughs> chosen to boycott uh, the yeah yeah classy. he puts the a- ass in classy yeah that's right <laughs> but I'd, I just like that he turns to the guy and goes Stephen you've known me for a long time and the guy goes my name's Michael. Oh my god! But it's such a nice proof you're not a robot. Oh, well, I'm gonna get your name wrong. Oh, well, there we go. This is not a robot. <laughs> He's not a robot. Yeah. He's a, yeah. Anyway, we're uh, there. Sneaky underscore dragon. We're still there. It is like going to an old neighborhood of yours, mm. and some stuff is still the same. <laughs> but like a lot of people, you've you like to have moved away, yeah. and it's sticky. <laughs> and then there's some people yelling some shit from the window, and like, why am I hearing this? Yeah. Why I didn't want to hear this. Uh, why am I ugh? Uh, can I shut those windows? Mm, for now. Like, all right. Ugh, <laughs> gross. And so on. Yep. Uh, so there, there you go. That brings us, I think, sort of to an episode and where our sound wasn't great. It was fine. I mean, I Oh, sound, good. Okay. I, I mean, I sound great. Half the show is fantastic. Oh, uh, beautiful. Thank you for tolerating all my yappy yappings. <laughs> I appreciate it. Next week we'll uh, be back together because it's going to be sunny and, and fairly warm, actually, next week oh, at this good. time, apparently. Good. Oh, yeah. Thank God Radically a, different uh, weather. Like a weird, it's a weird. But you know what? Unlike, say, places like uh, Texas, we, we can take it when it, get, when it drops unbelievably cold for no reason. Our hoses don't fall apart. Yep. We're, used, we're ready for this. Yeah, here's what happens, here's what happens in Toronto is, uh, you know, when it gets icy there, they yeah. call them the army. <laughs> Which makes me go, let's see that an episode of Law and Order uh, Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in the army to fight the ice. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. L-O-T-O. So, <laughs> but I think we did a fine job considering the circumstances. Yeah, we were pretty good. We only talked each, over each other 60% of the time. That's pretty good. Yeah, we can't make that eye contact. <laughs> yeah. That so was. we're, uh, oh, how about, I've got more <laughs> Catherine O'Hara facts than you do. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Who's more excited? Yeah. I don't know. 
did you know this about Peter Gabriel? What? No, who cares? What's what's going on? I don't know. Listen, we're all we're just gonna go uh, uh, warm up. We're gonna gonna have some hot chocolate, and we will see you uh, next week uh, when Dave and I are face to face. Yes, precisely. Right. <laughs> Get on with it. Your story about Catherine O'Hara. There are many mother roles. She's done other things. Nominated for Academy Awards. Why don't you bring that up? Uh, this is Jack Webster from the grave. Good night. <laughs> I like the idea that someone hasn't heard last week's show, so it's completely mysterious. Well, even so, even if they heard last week's show, really, who? Yeah, it's still is mysterious. What? Okay. What are you guys doing there? That was great. As long as Louise likes it, we're fine. Yep, that's all that matters to me, too. This show was just for her. <laughs>